At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Archery, Aaron Rodgers just hitting targets. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I would definitely not volunteer to stand with an apple on my head for Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, don't worry. He'll miss on that one. He'll miss just a little low. The apple apple would survive. Mike Florio, don't waste your time reading, uh, reading crap like that. Direct shot. Oh, my wife watches this show. Don't give her any ideas. Uh, yeah, she's happy. Yeah, she's going, yeah. I need to get to the range and get going on target practice. That's what she's saying. Oh, no. Man. Boy. The, the graphics geez. department, everybody well done. Uh, rolled today. Well done. Really I got to well give done. the. That's yes. a real. That's not a sarcastic slow. Cl- that, oh, man. Bam. Eat it. All right. Fine. Idiot. Eat it. Florian. Fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know where to go from here. Let's talk some more about Aaron Rodgers. Let's give him reason to stick a few more arrows in that quiver in the event we ever, you know, stumble into each other somewhere in Sherwood Forest. Here's uh, (laughs) Terry Bradshaw from yesterday. He he said several things, and I'm glad we've unspooled it into multiple clips. He was on with Colin Coward. Remember, he made the stir Monday on WFAM with Moose and Maggie right. when he went all in on Aaron Rodgers and it just shows how weak he is and they should call his bluff, et cetera. So when you do something like that, what happens? Other shows call you up and they want they want in on it. They want to get some of this buzz. We want to get some of this some of this controversy stirred up with our show being the one whose name is on the graphic when shows like PFT Live talk about it the next day. So congratulations, Colin Coward. You booked your colleague, Terry Bradshaw. Here's the first clip where Terry has things to say about some of the mechanics of one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. Roll the clip, please. While Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal, look, he's an incredible player. But I could sit here and tell you right now, he has probably uh, the worst footwork I've ever seen for a starting quarterback. I mean, but uh, I was talking to uh, uh, John Zarnecki this morning, and I said, he's an amazingly accurate. He protects the football. He puts up monster numbers. But his footwork is all over the place. And I don't know if that's because he got hit a lot. And he's out of position and doesn't trust his lineman. Very seldom steps into a throw. Pretty impressive, actually. I think Terry... Uh, what the hell is Terry doing? Has, what well, the hell is he well, doing? Just tell me. Well, what, what is he doing? His charm... His charm comes in large part from the fact 
that there's not necessarily a filter between the brain and the mouth. Yours kind of comes from that too. But he's contradicting himself because he's thinking out loud. And yes, his footwork may be bad. It doesn't have to be. Lesser talent is, is, is Mahomes proper foot, mechanics. Perfect? Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's a dumb. It doesn't matter. See now you if look. If you can flick yes. the wrist, right. if you can flick the wrist and deliver the ball accurately, the mechanics don't matter. The mechanics are the means to the end. If you can get to the end without the means, knock yourself out. That's right. That's what it is. All the mechanics are so perfect that he can cheat on them to a degree and rely on the other nine mechanics that are perfect and maybe his feet aren't perfect to still get the perfect result. It's like Steph Curry. It's like Steph Curry. Yeah, he's a machine, but then he gets to the point where he can shoot it quick or fade away or not jump all the way or whatever. That's what happens, you know, like a good golfer. Okay, yeah, we all want to hit it down the middle. Then you become so good at hitting it down the middle, you start to go, well, wait, this hole kind of go bends this way. Let me hit a draw or a fade because I'm getting that damn good. I don't need to have it like hit it perfect like by the textbook, you know, uh, definition every time. See, to me, this is where like comments like that. Now, Terry loses like. Uh, to me, any credibility, it all, that, that, that like went out to like that. Something's personal. There's something. Why, why are you going there? Why are you talking Looking about for any reason he can, any reason he can to criticize him? That's what, that's what any, I mean. That's, that's what, what it looks doing. like. You're right. right. It that, undermines. That's it. where it undermines it. So now you're wait, wait, you're worried about his footwork, but yet he's the most accurate thrower in the history of football. So you're going to get on that. And nobody's taking care of the football better and not even close in the history of the football. And really realistically, and I don't like like fighting back on Terry Bradshaw with this, but I'm I'm just keeping it real. And listen, I'm one that Rodgers is wrong. It's it, this is all it's this is all an issue. I'm not sitting here trying to defend Rodgers, but when it comes to this, I mean anybody who would evaluate Aaron Rodgers would tell you his feet are like one of the most special things about his football game. I mean. That's what makes him Aaron Rodgers. He can he can move and jump around in the pocket and make throws with the feet not in perfect position. But really, ultimately, like here, we've shown two plays and everything like that where he kind of moved around and hopped around. Like his feet are perfect. I don't know what. So that it's just that's a wrong assessment, and it does make it seem personal that way when he went down that that route there. And, and think about the two different ways a quarterback can play. Let's say you've got perfect mechanics, perfect ritual, perfect everything. You, you're crisp in your three-step, five-step drop. You move your shoulders the same way. It's very repetitive. It's very robotic. You know what that becomes? It becomes very predictable, yeah, too. Yeah, sure. Defensive back knows when the ball's coming out. Right. You watch the film. You see the pattern. You know when it's coming. With a guy like Aaron Rodgers or a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can move around anywhere – Throw from any body position, any arm angle, you never know when it's coming out. So while some quarterbacks may need to wind up the slingshot just the perfect way to deliver an accurate pass, if you can do that without yes. letting the defense know, I'm cranking up the slingshot, right. here it comes, you're better off. You're better off to be able to do it the way that Rodgers and Mahomes can do it. That, that, no doubt about it. Exactly right. I mean, you're, you know, think about it this way. All right, yeah. Hey, there's a guy going 10 yards. Across. You're looking to your right. There's a curl route to your right. Oh, it's not open. Now, there's a guy going across the middle 10 yards down the field. He's wide open. 
Okay, wait, let me get my feet over there and hop and tell the whole world I'm throwing it to him. Great, completion. We got a 10-yard completion. The guy got tackled. But the difference is Rodgers and Mahomes go, wait, he's open. Screw my feet. He's wide open. Let me get it to him right now. And they just flick it over there, turn their upper body and do that. And now the guy catches it and doesn't get tackled because the ball got to him a little quicker. And all of a sudden, now that 10-yard gain for every other quarterback became a 25- or 30-yard gain for quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rodgers. And see, that's where stats can't really quantify their greatness and what they do on the field that way because their ability to do that and be so consistent, to your point, Mike, it, it, it's hard to show it on a stat sheet. But that split second they got the ball to their guy is a big difference in the game a bunch of times during the game that you just don't notice unless somebody points it out to you. And that stuff's uncoachable. See, I think that's the problem. You don't need a coach when you can do that. Excuse me. You don't. You know, you, you need to harness that power. Bless you if you yeah. sneezed, or bless you if you didn't. <laughs> but uh, you, 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 you don't. You don't need coaching when it's just magical and effortless, and they have that ability, like Rogers, like Mahomes, to just glance, flick it, deliver it. Guys gone instead of changing the base and. You know what the thing you showed me a few years ago about how you want right. to focus the the shoulder and aim it in that direction. Yeah. yeah, that all helps deliver an accurate football. If you otherwise can't flick your wrist and deliver an accurate football, if you're one of the few on the planet that can flick your wrist or throw it this way or be looking over there and throw it over here or throw it behind your back or do whatever and deliver it accurately, you're in position to become one of the all-time greats. Yeah, that's why it's rare, but that's why it should be celebrated, not criticized. And I agree with you. Terry Bradshaw is coming off as a guy who's looking for anything he can to pile on Rodgers because he's upset with the way Rodgers is handling his business, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. And listen, I mean, I don't love the way Rodgers is handling his business either. I'm, I'm with you, but I'm not going to go down like, you know, a, a, a road of like falsehoods or just like bull crap to crap on him here. I mean, yes, he was done wrong. Uh, do I think he's being passive aggressive and doing some things here as well? No doubt about it. So it's it's he's not handling it the greatest in, in my opinion either. But let's not start talking about footwork and things like that to now pile on about how a guy's handling his business off the field. That that to me is not correct and not right. And especially not when you're talking about really the guy that everybody imitates in football, how to throw the football. I mean, that, that's where you, you lose me when you start to do that. Like Brady literally has made comments like he copies Rodgers. We've heard Josh Allen talk about it. He is the guy everybody watches for mechanics. So when you say things like that, I just go, uh, geez, okay, blah, 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 C-A-T, cat, cat, cat. All right, here's some more blah, blah, blah from Terry Bradshaw on the way that Aaron Rodgers is handling the business of his contract with the Packers. If you want to be like Tom Brady, play out your contract and then move on. But in this case, you can't force Aaron Rodgers coddled maybe too much. He has no right to want to get the GM fired. What right does he have? No more right than I have to call Eric Shanks and say, tear my contract up. I had a really good year. And, I'm, and you go, well, you've got four years left on it. Yeah, but I had a really good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th this is where people need to understand the difference between a contract that Terry Bradshaw or anyone else would have directly with the employer when that's it. That spells out the full extent of the relationship. That's right. It doesn't. And what happens in the NFL where right. you've got two contracts. You've got two. 
And I say this all the time. Someone says, well, he signed a contract. He did. But the union signed a contract with the league and the league signed a contract with the union and players have separate rights under the broader labor contract. Now, for example, a rookie who's operating under a contract that was signed after he was drafted first three years of his career, there isn't a damn thing he can do by holding out because the team, by rule, can't give him a new contract, can't give him what he wants. Rodgers, given where he is in his career, he can choose to withhold services, to exert leverage. He's got a price to pay, $50,000 a day in fines that can no longer be waived, thanks to the most recent CBA, bonus forfeiture, lost salary. There are things that could happen to him financially if he exercises those rights, but he has the right to not show up. He has the right to hold out. The mere fact that the CBA says it's a $50,000 per day fine if you hold out means you can hold out Yeah, as long as you're willing to pay the fine. That's right. So that's where that's where it, it, it becomes a problem. But here's the other problem, Chris, embedded within that, because there still is a contract to be dealt with. Rodgers has always been the guy who signs the ultra-long-term deal and yeah. takes the money. Right. Tom Brady had an easier path out of New England because his contract did expire. Yeah. He was able to go sign with another team in free agency because his contract went away and the Patriots didn't apply the franchise tag. They basically said, hey, if you want to go, Godspeed and thanks for the contributions and, uh, you know, we'll see you down the road at some point. And, and uh, that, that's the difference because Rodgers doesn't have that luxury of being able to say, I'm out. I'm going to go sign with the 49ers, the Broncos, the Raiders, whoever. No, and the Patriots went all in on winning Super Bowls for like 19 years in a row. Tom Brady has nothing to feel like cheated about other than Bill Belichick didn't tell him he loved him enough, which I understand. I mean, or, you know, didn't respect him enough. But he he's not going to feel cheated that, you know, the organization didn't do everything they needed to do to win games. Rodgers is going to feel cheated because of that. And everybody in football feels that way. So, you know, Green Bay can spin it any way you want. They're all, most of the NFL looks at it like, yeah, they've never gone all in on Rodgers. So there's that aspect. Of course, again, the draft pick last year with Jordan Love and all of that. And then to add on top of it, what you said, Mike, is even more like spit in his face to a degree. He's been overly nice to the organization with extremely team-friendly deals, his last two contracts, extremely. He could have held their feet, their butts, and their heads over the fire and been like, I want way more, and I want to re-up and re-up and re-up, and he was nice and let the first contract kind of play out, and this one to add the years, and I'm sure that's where he feels scorned on top of this. It's a double whammy where he's going, wait, I, I literally did a deal for you guys to, like, feel good, we can go all in on the future and win the Super Bowl, and you haven't done that, and you drafted my replacement and screwed me over. And I think that probably adds a little, you know, piss to his vinegar, too, there. Um, that's not a real phrase, is it? Well, it's close enough. Good. But, you, you know, you're making a great point because he could have decided, hey, you know what, if you guys are eventually going to play this year-to-year -year game with me, which they're doing, which he's trying to blow up, frankly, I'll play the year-to-year -year game with you like Kirk Cousins did in Washington, like Dak Prescott did in Dallas. You really want to be over a barrel? I'll yeah. put you over a barrel. Right. I'll keep showing up every year. I'll bust my ass every year. If we're going to play this I-don't-have-security game, we're going to play it on my terms. He didn't do that. He gave them security. He got security. He gave them security, and now he thinks they're using it against him. Mm -hmm. And 
who knows what was said or what anyone was led to believe back when Aaron Rodgers signed his latest contract. But this is a guy who has never wavered. He's never waffled. He's never given the Packers any reason to think he may retire prematurely or he wants to go play for another team to prove that he can get it done elsewhere. He's always been all about the Packers. He's always been, I want to stay here for the rest of my career. I want to retire here. I want to play into my 40s. He's been the anti-Brett Favre. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's upset now. Yeah. Because they're treating him like a guy who's been wishy-washy. Yeah. They're treating him like a guy who's been greedy, who they can't wait to replace him with someone else that they draft in round one. And on that point, Chris, Brett Favre. Inevitably, chiming in on Aaron Rodgers. I haven't heard this. I had someone send this to me. 15 minutes before showtime, send it to Pete Demolitis. It's plugged into the show. So let's have a listen for the first time to what Brett Favre has had to say about the ongoing and fairly recent grand scheme of things dysfunction between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Knowing Aaron, and and I think I know him fairly well, Mm -hmm. um, if, if he has a grudge, whether it be against the organization or a player, or an, an arch rival or family, friends, he ain't budging. I don't see him coming back and, and, and saying, if this is not resolved, however, whatever the issue is, if it's not resolved, um, or even if it's resolved, but he feels like they got one up on him, he ain't going to play. Mm. Knowing Aaron, he would, he would sit. Now, it's you know, he would forego a lot of money. Yeah, look, Favre knows Rodgers well. He does. And Favre has been on the wrong side of a Rodgers grudge. Favre has done things to deserve a grudge from Aaron Rodgers. In fact, the reality that Favre and Rodgers found a way to mend fences is amazing, actually. Shows me that, that Favre is like the only guy who has ever managed to ungrudge Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I need to talk to Favre. Get some <laughs> yeah. advice. See what I can do to get Aaron Rodgers not to fire an arrow at my forehead. <laughs> but I don't know how Favre did it. Now, 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 I don't know that what he said about this situation is going to get him back on the list. The Ryan Howard, you know, marking your name down off <laughs> on my list gif from the office. But uh, I think he's accurate. I do he's too. Right. Nobody holds a grudge like Aaron Rodgers. And so unless this gets resolved to his satisfaction, he isn't coming back. No, and I, I wouldn't think Rodgers would get mad at anything Favre said there. I think Favre, you know, that's one of those where he just, he, Favre's just giving his honest take, and he he's seen Aaron Rodgers in action, knows what he is. I think there's a lot of people in football that have that feeling that Aaron Rodgers is, is like this, and this could be real. He is the type of guy that's just, you know, a stubborn SOB. And he might sit out football or, or, or do what he's got to do. I, I don't know. That would be some decision. I mean, unlike anything we've ever seen before, really. But, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Favre, Favre has a good feel for how Aaron Rodgers is, the wrath of what Aaron Rodgers can give out if he feels wronged. And, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, really, like what's in your heart of hearts, again, we don't know, and hopefully we'll hear more info as we go forward here, but do you, like, do you think pasta and meatballs gut is Roger, what's going to happen? Is Rodgers going to be playing for the Packers this year, or is he going to draw a concrete line in the sand? Well, remember, we talked yesterday about the 
very real possibility that he'll just show up and act like it was no big deal and yeah. try to get the fans on his side and stick it to management every week. Win the mob, the Maximus Commodus fighting gladiator where the mob is caught in the middle and whoever can can get the mob on their side ultimately right. wins this fight. And if he can do that and then maybe next year walk away without alienating the fans, my only concern is if that's the end game, the fans are already turning on him. If they he's going to implement the Steve Urkel, did I do that reaction, he better do it publicly. Now, I've heard that he's told at least one teammate, I don't know what the big deal is. Well, that's not something that you say privately at this point. That's something you got to say publicly. You got to go on Pat McAfee's show with A.J. Hawk, your former teammate, and you got to say, I don't know where all this is coming from. Yeah. I've been paying attention to this the last five days. This is this this is nuts. I never said anything. Just like he did, he set the precedent. This is a point Shereen Williams made yesterday. If we're going to make fun of toothpaste back in the toothpaste holder, we've got to give her some love for this too. Okay, she fine. made that point yesterday. Yeah. When when Rogers lit the fuse in the post game of the NFC Championship with that comment that set everyone ablaze. Right. In, he corrected yeah, it. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay, he corrected it two days later. He did. You're right. Now we're six days yeah. later, and it's worse than it was the last Definitely. time. And it's building every day. Right. You, If you're going to go, I don't know what the big deal is. I never said any of that stuff. I don't, uh, you know, I got no issues. I'm going to be there. If you're going to do that, you, you better get on the horn with somebody, and you better say so, because it, it already feels like it's too late. It, it is. Put, I think it the is. The toothpaste back. Yes. And the toothpaste, and the toothpaste holder. holder. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think it is, too. You know, I, I, it, to me, it's, it's, it's all signs point to the leaks came from Rogers' camp. All signs point to, yes, it's too late for Rogers to correct the narrative because th this narrative is, is real. It's the truth. So... I, you know, again, yeah, I don't know where he's going to go from, from now, you know, from, from here, but I think it is a, a, a point here where he's going to have to say something publicly to let everybody know where he is and how he feels about the situation. If he does want to get, you know, public opinion, maybe back on his side a little bit, but you're, because it is, it's totally swaying over to green Bay's advantage right now over the last few days. I've heard that there are some folks who are suggesting that this wasn't leaked by Rogers or his camp. Okay, L let's let's indulge. Right. That let's do that because I thought okay. so at first. I, I I will be. Well, let me just say because I know I said it maybe a little on Monday or even on Friday. I I wondered too whether it was. I was one of those guys, right? Because I went, what's the point of putting this out now? A lot of the quarterback seats are already filled. Why didn't he do this? If you like, this can't come from him, but. I've talked to enough people in the NFL to think that I was wrong about that. Go ahead. Let's sorry. take a step back. Yeah. Let's just look at it without the benefit of the things that you and I have both heard right. from reliable sources. Let's take a step back. Why in the hell would the Packers be the ones to leak this? Because it's one or the other. It's not somebody who just happened to be in the right place at the right time when they witnessed an argument between Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy or Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur. This is somebody on the inside who has decided to let people on the outside know what's going on. Let's just apply common sense. Occam's razor. 
you know about Occam's razor. We've talked about it before. The most accurate explanation for something is the most simple, the most direct, the most obvious. The most obvious is Rogers and his camp were the ones to light this fuse, especially when you look at the timing. It's the perfect time to serve revenge on the Packers for what they did last year, the first day of the draft. Yeah. When they traded up to take Jordan Love, the first day of the next draft, you unleash hell on the Packers after you've told them for three months, give me what I want, or first day of the draft, all bets are off. I, if the Packers were the ones leaking this, why would they have stopped? Why wouldn't they keep leaking stuff? See, I the Packers don't do business that way. The Packers don't want this out there. The Packers are trying to weigh, trying to find a way to fix this yeah, before it does damage right. to Rogers' relationship with the fan base. They want him to be able to come back and everything's fine. They got no reason to leak this. Rogers does. Rogers is trying to implement what he's been trying to do behind the scenes for three months, which is get out of Green Bay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think everything you said is right. There, there's no doubt about it. I, I mean, you, one, because we know Green Bay wants to make it work and they want them back right now. So you're right. I mean, the, it wouldn't make sense for them to release all this and cause nine issues for themselves to deal with here, you know, in a time period like you talked about where they're dealing with the draft and everything like that. Just trade him. Right. If you're at that point, you right. just trade him. Right. You don't have to start some campaign against him. Just trade the guy. That, that, that That's point. exactly right. That's where, like, I, I, all right, like, if you ask me, like, two things to why Green Bay might have done it, right? And I had somebody smart in the NFL say this to me early on. Now, obviously, I don't believe that's the case, but one – it does turn public opinion on Rodgers if they did want to like start, you know, playing hardball with him. And two, that maybe the releasing of the 49ers trade offer and things like that starts a baseline conversation for other teams to know, like, hey, it's going to take. The, the, here's what the 49ers kind of offered us. You're going to have to offer us a whole lot more. That'd be the only reasons, but that doesn't really make sense. And I'm with you. I, it, it seems to be way more on the the Rodgers side here. You don't need to play those games when you've got Aaron Rodgers. No, All you have that's to do right. is wait until June the 2nd, call George Payton, the GM of the Broncos, and say, what are you going to give us for Aaron Rodgers? And when, that's right, when Payton pulls himself up off the floor because he's fallen out of his chair <laughs> at the <laughs> yeah. prospect of upgrading from <laughs> right. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Aaron Rodgers, that's when he tells you what he's willing to give you. Yeah. So you don't need to play those games. And the Packers Agreed. historically – don't play those Agreed. games. They are careful and cautious and old school, and there's nothing to be gained for them, for the team, for the corporation, for anyone no. to have these public fights. You're right. It, there's, there's nothing to be gained. Um, so uh, it's it's all Rodgers. It's all his camp. And the, 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 see, that the, the, the thing is he's got a plan that he is unfolding as he sees fit. And there's a certain fascination from my perspective to see how this guy is going to make his next move and how he will couch it. Because when you have that reputation for being brilliant, and he does because he is, what goes along with that is the reality that people are going to look at you and say, there are no accidents. There are no coincidences. Everything is meticulously thought out. Everything is meticulously planned. Everything is is meticulously executed, and we're just the audience. Yeah, we're, we're in the splash zone as we wait for Shamu to jump out of the water and do his next trick. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, well, I'm going to be interested to see where this goes. I, I really am. You know, I, I do have the sense that Rodgers is the kind of guy that really will play hardball and be, you know, would be willing to maybe retire or step away from the game. 
But also, like, I just, again, I go back to that, man, he's at the end of his career. It's still a good football team. He's playing high level. He's playing at such a high level still. Do you really want to, you know, forego maybe the end of your career, a bunch of great years here that you still have left, you know, just to make a point to Green Bay and whatever else there? And, you know, as a fan, and if I was advising Aaron Rodgers, I would say no. You know, please try to go back to Green Bay if that's the case or force the trade here, but I don't want to see you retire and be that stubborn to where you don't play ball again. Think of it this way, too. When we would prioritize the best possible outcomes for the Packers, best possible outcome, we keep Aaron Rodgers on a year-to-year contract, preserving the ability, if we see any sign of slippage, to trade him and go with Jordan Love. That's their best possible outcome. That's what they've been trying to do. Right. Okay. Beneath that, and this is what I'm trying to figure out, would the Packers prefer to trade Aaron Rodgers, get value for him, but have to see him play for someone else, possibly win a Super Bowl or more with someone else, or would they prefer he never play again? And they get back. 23 million that they've already paid him in bonus money. They get back the $6.8 million roster bonus that he earned earlier this offseason that may or may not have actually been paid. If it hasn't been paid, it won't be. If it has been paid, they can get it back. That's almost $30 million that the corporation gets back, and they never have to see him in a different uniform. Right. What would you prefer if you're a Packers fan? Maybe that's a poll question. I think would it is. Would you prefer the Packers to get three first-round picks and trade Aaron Rodgers or prefer that Aaron Rodgers never play for another team? Yeah. I'm going to put that on Twitter. I like break. it. I think that's a good one. And you know, Because what do you think the Packers prefer? I, you can make the argument, yeah, we're fine with him never playing again. Uh, there, there's gonna, I think there's going to be a significant vote for that, right? Because they're, they're not going to want to see that, and they're going to be a little bitter towards him, and they'd rather not see him get any gratification or anything what he wants here out of this situation. Um, I think, and he can't prove you wrong. No, he can't embarrass you. No, he can't get Mark Murphy's no, job on the I mean. line. See, right. that's where when you don't have an owner, yeah. you got a CEO who's got to worry about an uprising from the board of directors, the shareholders, the executive committee, and there's no "I told you so." If Aaron Rodgers goes and hosts Jeopardy or does whatever, right? There's no "I told you so." There's no way to be proven wrong. I think ultimately, I, I'm going to say the three first rounders wins out. I'm going to say it wins out, but I think it's going to be closer than you'd expect. Uh, like a you know, a 55-45 type of victory, something like that. Well, I'm going to put it on Twitter. Do We're it. Take a break. We're do gonna it. Do a speed round when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Today's speed round is brought to you by Verizon. Let's get right into it, Chris. Today's topic, questionable position groups in the aftermath of the 2021 draft. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about, and we'll begin with the Steelers' offensive line, given that Marquise Pouncey, center, longtime fixture on the offensive line, is retired. Alejandro Villanueva, left tackle, gone for the Ravens. Matt Filer, signed by the Chargers. 
They drafted Kendrick Green, a guard out of Illinois, in round three. A tackle Dan Moore in round four. How concerned are you currently about that Steelers offensive line scale of one to ten? Uh, I would say I'm going to go about a seven right now with, with that right there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there with that that team, uh, that, that position. And, of course, we know that it's a uh, a position or a group, a unit, that they want to improve and start to play through more that way. So I guess what I, I – yeah, I'm concerned because there's unproven commodities there. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not sure about some of these guys that are going to fill these holes. So I like some of the draft picks, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely concern when you have a quarterback like Big Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, lack of a – a true big-time running back, too. I spoke yesterday with Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, about the running game, about where they think they need to improve it, and obviously he acknowledged there's a certain amount of projection that goes into the offensive line that they're hopeful it can create holes for their first-round draft pick, Najee Harris, from Alabama. Giants, and I'll agree with you. What what number did you say? I think I'm I said six or seven. I think it's seven, yes. Uh, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll see your seven, and I'll make it an eight because that offensive line is going to be a key to whether or not the Steelers can effectively run the ball or throw the ball, and they have to protect Ben Roethlisberger in what could be the last yeah. year of his career. And You're- it's more likely to be the last year of his career if this offensive line doesn't come together quickly. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. This was a team that somehow won a couple of Super Bowls with a horrible offensive line, 05 and 08. Horrible. They got a much better offensive line, but they haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl. That's been the irony of how great their offensive line has become. Now it's a work in progress. Yes, they it is. to be... They needed to show progress quickly, so I'll say an eight because I think it really could affect the Steelers in a bad way. All right, Giants offensive line, scale of one to ten. How concerned are you about that unit? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm, like, overly concerned about it. I'm going to go, like, a five maybe. Yeah, it wasn't – it's not perfect, that offensive line, but it kind of turned the corner, you know, towards the end of last year to where it started going in the right direction. And they've got a lot of assets there. I expect Andrew Thomas, their first rounder, to be better from last year. You do have Nate Solder coming back. You know, we've talked about leading up to the draft. You know, there's still Will Hernandez at right guard, who's a second round pick from a few years ago. So, you know, I mean, decent center play. Uh, I'm not like overly concerned about the Giants up front. I think it's more about them just, you know, playing and continuing to get better with some of these younger guys. Kevin Zeitler, right guard, was cut. Zach Fulton was signed from the Texans. Nate Solder is back from his opt-out. Yeah. He's not going to be the left tackle. That's Andrew Thomas. How are they going to use Nate Solder? I, I, I would think that maybe they try to ask him to go over to the right side. I, I would think that's going to be part of that conversation. Unless they felt like Andrew Thomas maybe could go back over to the right side because he has done that a little bit in college where he played that side, and maybe they let Nate Solder end his career out at left tackle. They'll, they're going to have to play around with that a little bit, but – you know, I would think ultimately they're going to find a way to get both guys on the field. How about the weapons in the Titans passing game? Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you? Corey Davis, a top five pick several years ago, signed with the Jets. Tight end John U. Smith leaves for the Patriots. They added Josh Reynolds from the Rams. They drafted Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville in round four and Racy McMath out of LSU in round six. 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the options that Ryan Tannehill has in the passing game? Well, I'm going to go I'm going to go with like a uh, uh, I'm going to say a 5 here again. I'm not overly concerned. I'm not first off, we know they're going to run the football. That's what they want to do. Josh Reynolds is 
one of those receivers that you know the world doesn't really know about really how good he is and everything like that you know stuck out there with the Rams and was kind of the third option and everything like that but they have decent tight end play already it was already you know I know Jonah Smith that's a tough loss but still it's a position that's kind of deep there on that Tennessee Titan roster so I'm not overly concerned about it they got an A.J. Brown who's a difference maker um, I still think they can make do, and it's about the run game and the play-action passes that are the big thing with Tennessee anyways. Yeah, and I think having A.J. Brown is a big key to that, but there has been, I think, a net dip, a conscientious strategic dip. There's only so many dollars to go around. they got to do what they can, and you never know what other moves may be made as the offseason. Yeah, they can reevaluate as they go along unfold. here. Right. Ravens pass rush, 1-10. to 10. How concerned are you when we consider that Matt Judon is gone? He signed with the Patriots. Yannick Ngakwe, guy they gave up a third-round pick for, gone for the Raiders, used a first-round pick on an edge rusher at number 31. How concerned are we about the ability of the Ravens to put heat on opposing quarterbacks? It really doesn't change a whole lot by what they lost. I mean, I don't look at Yannick Ngakwe and Judon as like sack masters anyways. I really didn't. They had, you know, the, the Ravens got after teams with the blitz more times than not and all of those things. So it, it hasn't like swayed my opinion as far as their rush. There's an issue there. I would say for a great defense like that, I'm going to say like a, a six is they don't have one great pass rusher. They have a lot of good and a creative defensive coordinator who knows how to get people, you know, free to the quarterback. And, you know, I mean, here's the bottom line. That Ravens defense always finds a way. They do. There'll be another Matt Judon. There'll be another Yannick Ngakwe. Someone will emerge and someone will be plugged in and someone will get it done for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's take a break. When we return, we're going to flip it around positive. We're going to have a draft of the most improved position groups based upon free agency in the draft. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon. Built right for business. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Here's Bengals kicker Evan McPherson, fifth rounder, one of two specialists drafted. 
What do we got here? Oh, he's hitting the Gatorade bottle. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Is this like missed it? Trying to not hit the Gatorade bottle? Are you trying to graze the Gatorade bottle? Oh, he, oh, he hit he it. Hit the it, cap, cap fell off? off. I didn't see. I didn't see the cap fall off there. I would be more likely to put the Gatorade bottle on my head for him than the apple on my head for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I That's bet you would. Sure. Yes, I'm sure you would. Absolutely. Right. All right. Uh, most improved position groups this offseason. That is today's draft on PFT Live. Chris, I have a trivia question for you. Trey Lance, drafted out of North Dakota State, became the sixth quarterback drafted in round one since Division One AA was formed in 1979. Who was the first non-FBS, non-Division 1A quarterback to be drafted in round one? The first non-Division 1 quarterback to be drafted in round one. Wow. Okay, hold on. Let me just think about this. And you, Did you say he's from 79? Division 1A was formed in 79. Division 1 AA, which is now FCS, that's when they separated the two. 79. I, I, I got to go with my dad here. I, I think it, it's got to be him. Yeah, I, I just. My dad is not the answer. Phil Sims. Hey, the answer. So screw that guy. Right. Okay, Phil Sims. The hell with that guy. Yep, yep, that's right. He is my dad. But I, I know I was. Well, I started to think of like the 70s and 80s, and I couldn't think of like a, you know, a, a one double A quarterback or anything like that that had been drafted in the first round. I did think of like McNair. My head went to Steve McNair, but I was like, surely there's somebody before that. Um, so, all right, good. I'm glad. How in the hell in 1979 did they properly scout Phil Sims at Moorhead State? Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And, got, and get it right. Yeah, and get it right. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is amazing. And, uh, I mean, we could we should have Dad, you know, on one day and ask him the stories about people coming to work him out and doing things like that. And he's got, like, he's having, like, throws with, like, Joe Gibbs in a hallway, like, just throwing it as hard as he can at Joe Gibbs' head as he's getting evaluated for the draft. <laughs> and, like, he's got so many crazy stories about all these famous NFL people seeing him in the middle of Kentucky at Morehead State. So it would be funny. All right. First one, easy pick here. Slam dunk. The pick. The greatest transformation, I think, of a unit that I've ever seen. We hit it on a little yesterday. The Chiefs O-line. I mean, great Scots Batman. Holy crapola. It went from being crapola to like now you go, hmm, this is one of the better units in all of football on the offensive line. To get Joe Tooney, trade for Orlando Brown. You got Kyle Long coming back. Duvernay Tardif is coming back. Then you get Creed Humphrey on the O-line to come back, who's one of the better centers in the draft, and they already had signed Austin Blythe. So I don't know. Now they get a little flexibility too to like move one of them to guard if they want or anything like that. To me, that was the transformation of the offseason. Great job by Brett Veach and Andy Reid. It is amazing what they had to do. And when they started by dumping Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, where are you going to go from here? Yeah, right. And they have done what they've had to do to transform the offensive line and an attractive team to play offensive line for because of the fact that you're blocking for a guy who can buy a lot of time with his legs. All right, uh, me, it's got to be the Patriots pass catchers, and I'm going to lump them together. Yeah, that's when okay. When they go yeah. into free agency and pick up Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, and then on the outside, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar to a unit that has been underwhelming, to say the least. It it creates expectations that a team that was somehow 7-9 last year is going to be a hell of a lot better this year. They've addressed the biggest weakness on their team. They did it by spending the money. 
And uh, they're clearly the most improved at that spot because what they're being compared to is a very low bar. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's I, I'm I was gonna take that would have been my next pick for sure. I mean, what they did, you know, just for their skill positions, those two tight ends, the two receivers to go with it, uh, really amazing. And and then of course get a quarterback uh, to go to go along with it as well. Hmm, this is where I'm a little stuck here. Which one do I want to go with? All right, well. I'm going to go with the Chargers offensive line as my second pick. That's another one that just jumps out to me. Why? I mean, again, it's a franchise guy. We got a quarterback, Herbert. We got to protect him. They draft Rashawn Slater at pick 13. Great job there. You know, they signed a Matt Filer, free agent from the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy who could play guard and tackle, but I think ultimately he's going to be a guard for their football team. And then signed Corey Lindsley. As well, the best center in football, hands down, slam dunk, no doubt about it. So you get him, that's a pretty big transformation of the offensive line. And, of course, they still got Balaga at right tackle. So now you start looking at the Chargers and go, damn, they might be able to move some people up front. I'm not going to overthink this one. Position group upgrade. Well, there's one position that has one guy on the field, and it's the most important position on the field. It's the quarterback position. And if I'm a Rams fan and you tell me when the season ends (laughs) that I am going to upgrade from Jared Goff, I'll do respect to Matthew Stafford, I am doing cartwheels until week one. That is a dramatic upgrade, a clear and obvious upgrade, and it helps a team that made it to the final eight with Jared Goff and we'll see. There's questions. Why were the why were the Lions never a team that won a playoff game under Matthew Stafford? Is it him? Is it the Lions? Well, we're going to find out. But I, I just think that uh, Matthew Stafford underappreciated and underrated because he's been stuck on a bad organization immediately and significantly upgrades the quarterback position of the Rams. Yeah, I, I listen. That's a good one. It's like uh, I didn't even think about that. Like going just with the one guy position quarterback group. That was very well done by you. How lawyery of you to do that. Very well done. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm um, Giants wide receivers. That's on my list here. The Titans secondary. That's on my list. You know, the I was gonna maybe say the Jets front seven to a degree. Right, because of like, you know, Jared Davis, Sheldon Rankins, some of those guys, Carl Lawson. But I'm gonna go to the one that I just I like the most, okay? It's it's my draft and screw off everybody. I'm going with Washington's wide receivers. That's what I'm going with. I mean, first off, they had Terry McLaurin, you know, and some solid guys next to him at wide receiver. McLaurin is a superstar. Like, everybody, just get ready. He's going to be in my top 10 receivers next year. Don't blow a gasket because he is, all right? I don't. He's, he is a true mismatched nightmare, and you can't leave him on the island. So, McLaurin, Adam with Curtis Samuel in free agency, who's got three rockets up his butt to go with McLaurin's three rockets, and now they get one of my favorite receivers in the draft, Deami Brown, who I would basically say is Terry McLaurin 2.0, just three years later in the draft, and they got him now where you just go, that's three mismatches. You want to leave those three guys one-on-one, watch out. I'm, I'm excited about their change at that position. It will be the Rockets' red glare for Washington <laughs> this year, at least nine by my count uh, among those receivers. I, you know, I could go a bunch of different directions as well. I, I thought about the Giants receivers, yeah. but I, I think the jury's out on that. I'm going to stick with the quarterback theme because if it's enough for one quarterback – in LA to be an upgrade. Well, how about two in Chicago? You got Andy Dalton that you signed in free agency. 
underrated guy who took a team to the playoffs five straight years. And then you trade up for Justin Fields, one of the top guys on the board. They showed that they're decisive, that they're ready to make a move, and they still have a Super Bowl MVP as the third stringer. So that's my final selection. Let's take a break. We'll stay in the NFC North. The poll question is posted. Thousands have already voted. Would you rather trade Aaron Rodgers or have him retire if you're a Packers fan? We'll let you know the results when PFC Live continues right after this. The question as posed for Packers fans, and of course, there's no way to keep non-Packers fans from answering, which of these two possible outcomes to the Aaron Rodgers saga would you prefer? A trade for three first-round picks or retirement? And it's a nuanced point because if he retires, you never have to worry about him playing for anyone else. Now, I wonder how those numbers would change. We see overwhelmingly three out of four, roughly, a little under three out of four, say, traded for three first-round picks. I wonder how what it would be if it was two first-round picks. Where's that break-even point where if you're a Packers fan, you just say, I'd rather not have to worry about Aaron Rodgers winning a Super Bowl with another team, as many as he won in 16 years with us. I know. I wonder if people are registering that in their brain as part of the answer, too. The fact that he could go somewhere and win a Super Bowl for getting those three first-round picks. Do you want to deal with that? I don't know. That, that, that'll that be interesting. Maybe you need to put that in parentheses on the bottom. Well, I'll explain it in a post at PFT. We'll see you tomorrow. See Have ya. a great day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.